Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is August 26th. Today we're going to move on from Psalms chapter 119, and I feel bad doing it because we just barely scratched the surface of this great psalm. But if we don't move on, then we're not going to get to some other really great things. So let's move on. We're going to start in Psalm 120. Now, it's interesting. Psalm 120 through 134 is known as Songs of Degrees. Now, that comes from underneath the chapter heading. It says a song of degrees, and it's going to say that on each one of these psalms all the way up until 134. But kind of a better translation or a better understanding of what that means is a song of ascension or a song of ascent. Now, the reason being is most biblical scholars believe that these 15 or so Psalms were what was sung as people were ascending to the temple in Jerusalem, as they made that pilgrimage and as they traveled to the temple, as they came up to the temple, they ascended, they came up by degrees. And that was manifest in these Psalms that they would sing. They would ascend spiritually as they sang these songs and they would ascend as they came to the temple. I love that symbolism. Again, we've talked about it, this idea of going up to Jerusalem or going up to the temple, how the temple, when we have it in our sights and in our minds, it can literally raise us to a higher place and a holier mindset. And so this idea that these Psalms are helping them ascend or come up by degrees as they come up to the temple is just a really beautiful thing. So let's take a look at some of these Psalms. First of all, in Psalm 122, verses 6 through 9, it says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they that prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and my companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Now, it's interesting because if you'll remember the time period that we are dealing with here, and granted, we don't know the exact time periods of the Psalms, but all of the Old Testament, it seems like, was a time period of conquest and conquering. It was one nation coming up against another nation, conquering that nation, ruling for a while, then a different nation coming up against them, conquering, ruling for a while, and that pattern would repeat. And so when this psalm says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, literally they were experiencing a horrible war. But what I love and what we can see as we try to apply it into our day is that there is not really a great deal of peace in Jerusalem currently either. And that's because there are three different religious groups that claim rights over Jerusalem, right? The Muslims, Judaism, and Christianity all believe that they kind of have this right to sacred places in Jerusalem. And because of that, there are holy wars happening. There are conflicts that are constantly going on over this area of the world. And so I love kind of the symbolism that we can catch here. Yes, pray for Jerusalem because there was always war and there was always conflict. But in our day, This idea of praying for peace in Jerusalem, Jerusalem can represent a peace among different faiths, not letting our differences in faith cause us to war with one another. 
Sometimes because our faith is such a sacred thing to us and such a personal thing to us, it can be easy to be hurt or to take offense when other people reject what we believe or to maybe have distrust or mistrust when someone believes something different than we do. And if we allow ourselves to continue down the path of those feelings, then we miss out on something beautiful as we develop relationships with people who are not of our faith, who are faithful people of other religions. I've said it before, but some of my most beautiful spiritual experiences happened learning about Judaism and learning about Hindi, actually, in a Hindi temple. We should seek in our lives to make sure that we have peace in Jerusalem or that we have peace among ourselves as brothers and sisters of God, regardless of personal beliefs. Another group of scriptures that I love in these songs of ascent is in Psalms 124, verses 6 through 8 say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Now, this one hit me really hard today because yesterday we were reading in the Book of Mormon with our kids and we were talking about the atonement. And our sweet daughter said, now, what exactly is the atonement? Sometimes we use those words forgetting that our little ones don't necessarily know exactly what we're talking about. And so as I was talking about it and as I was breaking it down, I really saw a light go on in the eyes of my kids as they realized that our Savior took everything upon himself so that you and I could be free, so that you and I could escape, and that without him, without his willingness to do that, we would be stuck forever. As the scripture says, like birds in a snare, we would be stuck, we would be imprisoned, we would be captive of death and hell. But because of him, because he loved us so much, and because our Heavenly Father loved us so much, we have the opportunity to escape. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Elder Packer once said it this way, the atonement was needed. Ever and always, it offers amnesty from transgression and from death if we will but repent. Repentance is the escape clause in it all. Repentance is the key with which we can unlock the prison from inside. We hold that key within our hands and agency is ours to use it. This idea that because of life, because of our mortality, we will all die and we will all make mistakes. And because of that, we are all inside this quote unquote prison, inside these snares. And the only hope, the only escape is the atonement of Jesus Christ. As this scripture says, our only help is in the name of the Lord. We are free because of him. We have hope because of him. Not because we earned it, not because we deserve it, but because he is good. Elder Matthew Holland said, through the staggering goodness of Jesus Christ and his infinite atonement, we can escape the deserved agonies of our mortal failings and overcome the undeserved agonies of our mortal misfortunes. It's funny, in our house, my kids know 
that the word fair is like a swear word for me. I hate the word fair. In fact, we outlawed the show Caillou years ago when my firstborn was super young. I think I watched one episode with him and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We do not watch this show in our house because Caillou, anytime anything would happen to him, he'd say, that's not fair. And it drove me bonkers. And every time I wanted to shake the TV and be like, it's not supposed to be fair. As my dad said, if life were fair, then the horses would be riding our back half the time. If life were fair, then you and I would get exactly what we deserve. And trust me, we do not want exactly what we deserve. If life were fair, then the atonement of Jesus Christ wouldn't have happened. Because it wasn't fair that he took upon him our sins and our sickness and our hurt and our guilt. He didn't do it. He was perfect. He did not sin, yet he took upon himself all our sins, all our sufferings, all our agony, all our guilt. And he did it because life isn't fair and it was never intended to be fair. And I thank God and I praise God that this aspect of life is not fair, that he prepared a way for me to escape the snares of the adversary, to break through the prisons of death and hell, that he prepared an infinite atonement so that you and I could be free. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. Hansen.